Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield and we are doing this from Husker Harvest Days right here at the booth with the great folks from the Nebraska Soybean Board. Lots of things have been happening during Husker Harvest Days which we are going to talk about and no surprise I think on the top of the list has not only been the harvest pressure and what's been going on with the dollar but what's been going on with the rail negotiation and as we are recording this program uh, rail negotiations are still underway. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more in today's episode. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small. But we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back. As you can see, joining me is Mark Gold with Top Third. And then we've got Heather Ramsey with the ARC Group. And, and Mark, I'm going to lean to you first here because uh, railroad has been the hot topic of Husker Harvest Days with folks. Kind of give us your thoughts on what's been going on. Well, they're looking at a strike on Friday. I'm hearing that if they go out on strike, that it could actually start with ag products tomorrow. So we know that the basis has come down. Somebody told me today it had dropped 20 cents in corn, and I think that's going to be a problem. I don't see this thing ending anytime soon. I'm hopeful somebody steps in to try to negotiate something positive. What it looks like right now, we will see a strike. Heather, you as well have seen a lot of questions coming in regards to what's happening with this rail strike and what the long-term effects are going to be. Yeah, you know, as far as where we're at in the state of Nebraska, where most of my clients are, one of the things we're talking about with the rail is just asking clients to be prepared. I, I highly doubt that most um, harvest facilities are going to say no to grain just because we shut off the rail, but that does tweak their logistics quite a little bit. And so you need to be thinking about that from a logistical standpoint in the near term. Um, definitely, what are our alternatives are there bins that we can use that we weren't planning on using as you know do beans go to bins and not corn does corn stay in the field I mean just all those thought processes for the near term need to be evaluated on a farm by farm situation the reality is it's harvest time they need to take our grain uh, they'll figure it out I'm sure I have lots of confidence in our grain industry they will figure out how to take it it's that backside that deferred window when we start talking about start talking about December January February March you know how backlogged are we getting there if we do see a strike um, and what are our alternatives? You know, if we've stopped moving things on the rail, that also means not just the raw commodity, you know, the corn and the soybeans. We're talking about all the soy byproduct, all the corn byproduct. You know, those things are really important to keeping our markets fluid. So I, I think short term, it's more of a conversation of how do we handle ourselves on the farm with what we need to do logistically for harvest. Longer term, it's understanding who our marketplace participant can actually be um, and when those rail lines get back opened if they do um, actually go on strike. From an export standpoint, does that make you nervous? Well, that makes me nervous. The dollar makes me nervous. The fact that the Argentinians have had a great opportunity to sell an awful lot of beans here with the new peso uh, that they've come up with. 100. It's gone from 140 pesos to 200 pesos for soybean farmers. That brought in over 3 million metric tons of soybeans last week alone. That was five times the week before. So now the Chinese, which is our biggest customer out there, they can get beans from Brazil and Argentina, and that certainly puts a damper on things. Now we know that 
this carryout is tight with a 200 million bushel carryout. But I think that may be high because I think China is going to do whatever they can to get the beans, not from us, but either from South America, where else they can get them from, because our dollar is so strong. We're never going to see a fire sale like that here in the United States. Well, I've ne- I've seen it once or twice, but I don't I don't think we're going to see it for those reasons. And I heard you kind of go eh, on the sideline. I mean, it really I think this whole fire sale that happened in Argentina caught many by surprise. Yeah, I do think that was surprising to anyone who hasn't sort of been paying attention to the underlying tones down there. But I was kind of chuckling because you said, well, never. I'm always like, never say never, Susan. You just never know. I mean, we've seen things over the last two, three years that I think, I mean, Mark and I have both seen a lot over the last 5, 10, 15 years of being in the business. And those were things that I don't think we were, any of us were really expecting. And maybe at some point in our history, it said, oh, beans will never go to this. Corn will never go to that. You just can never uh, put that word in front of what's going to happen with the market because there's always opportunity for someone to come in and make a big purchase. There's somebody come in and make a big cancellation. There's macroeconomic policies all over the globe that affect us now. It's not just what's going on with the U.S. and the U.S. dollar and our financial policy. It's what's going on globally. We are a global industry. As much as we can get sidetracked and think, oh gosh, day to day on the farm, this is what I do and what I'm concerned about, it is a global world that we deal with in the grain business. And so, um, I, yeah, I just kind of chuckle. Never say never. Uh, well, <laughs> and perfect weather conditions would allow them to have an absolutely bumper crop down there. But if they end up with what we had this year, it could make marketing a little bit more interesting. Yeah, they're definitely positioned right now in South America to put in some record uh, acreages which if they get great weather, then we're talking about record crop sizes. And, and honestly, the last couple years, there's been potential for those record crop sizes um, to be, you know, very, very good crops. And then, you know, weather comes in and puts a damper on that. So um, we're sitting here again, positioned to potentially see some fantastic um, crop sizes, crop yields, uh, potentially out of South America. We got a long ways to go, um, but it looks like for all intents and purposes here, the planting window is, is shaping up to be a really beautiful pre-plant from a moisture standpoint. If they can get in and get things rolling, um, like they're notorious for doing. I mean, they don't plant slow. They're just like the U.S. farmer here. They got all the equipment. They can get it in. I mean, we've got an opportunity to see some record crops out of that part of the world. Again, Mother Nature has to pay off for them uh, because, you know, how else are you going to raise a crop without rain? So, Yeah, definitely is something we've missed in, in this area. You and I, Mark, were talking um, earlier this week during the Fontenelle Final Bell about the Dow and the dollar and the interest rates all coming together and the, the effect it's going to have within this grain market. Well, there, there's so many juggling balls in the air right now. And if the dollar stays strong, it makes our exports harder to come by. We saw a 1,200-point drop in the Dow Jones in one day because of the CPI numbers. If interest rates next week take another jump, and now they're, they've gone from looking for a 50-point to 75-point increase to a 75 to 100-point increase. I'm guessing it's going to be 75, but I think that puts more pressure on the stock market that helped drag the beans down off their recent highs and it's not good and to follow up with something heather said about never saying never i don't know how many farmers will tell me oh grain can't go under the cost of production (coughs) well that's where grain usually goes is back under the cost of production and if you want to know about never saying never if i would have told you three years ago 
that crude oil was going to go negative $34 a barrel. Anything and everything can happen in these markets. There is nothing that bizarre that can't happen. And you pick the point here is we don't know how high high is. We don't know how low low is. But we know where we are today. We know how to manage that risk today and still keep the upside open. You and I were also talking about the European Union fears that are going on right now. And could it happen here in the States? Well, I don't think... we'll have a shortage of natural gas or heating American homes. They could certainly have a shortage in the European Union. Uh, the news will jump all over it if people start freezing. And there's if there's one death anywhere in the EU because somebody froze to death, they're going to be all over Putin. I'm not sure that Putin is going to have the longevity people think he may have. In fact, if he's still around in a year, I'll be surprised. Some good points. As we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, we are in the commodities booth here at Husker Harvest Days. So since we're at Husker Harvest Days, I want to pose that question to both of you. Heather, I'll start with you. Let's talk about what some of the key things folks have been coming to you over the couple days. Uh, There's definitely been a lot of discussion around our localized basis markets here in the state of Nebraska. You know, we're sitting on the western edge of the Corn Belt, which is dry, um, and we're not the only ones in the western edge of the Corn Belt that's dry. You know, we've got issues down in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska. You can go through the Dakotas and we got some problems. Um, So we're seeing some historically good basis premiums right now, not just on corn, but also on beans. Um, to Mark's point earlier, we we may see a little bit of a hiccup with that, depending on the rail. But I think what's out there today is anywhere from 30 to 70 cent premiums over what I would consider our historical gut slot corn basis. Um, we're sitting anywhere from 60 to 80, maybe 90 cents better on our historical gut slot bean basis for premiums right now. So it's definitely something we want to talk through, being able to take advantage of. You know, I had one customer um, who stopped by to see me today and said, oh, I don't know if it's worth getting my dry land out. It's it's only X acres. And I was like, well, you know what? If that's three or 4,000 bushels that we can move and pick up 70 cents a bushel premium on, I mean, that adds up pretty fast. And so I know some people tend to think that it's a lot of work to go get corners or get the dry land out before you're ready to do everything else. Um, even now, we're working on some dry land beans coming out. It's worth it when you start adding up dollars and cents over bushels, and it makes a difference to the farm. And that might be a field that if you're taking yield losses on, but you can recoup some of that financially and the basis, that is a decision that's worth making. So we're talking about that right now. Um, and honestly, <laughs> that's really our focus. <laughs> we're so into harvest right now. That's kind of where our mindset is, is a little stuck. All right, we're going to give you the last 45 seconds, Mark. What has been the key that they've been bringing to you? Well, it's been a tough year for Nebraska farmers, and you know they're certainly hoping they get some snows this winter, which will help. And in the meantime, they've got to do something. If by chance you have old crop, you have to ask yourself why, with the basis where it's at and where prices are where it's at. I mean, how much is enough? And then for new crop, you've got to do some marketing up here to protect these prices. Well, thank you to both for uh, leaving our booth to come on down here to the Commodities Building to join us for this week's report. Our pleasure to be here.
And thank you, Heather. Thank you so much, Susan. We've had Heather Ramsey joining us and Mark Gold. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that aren't suitable to all investors. That has been this week's version of the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup from the Commodities Booth right here at Husker Harvest Days. We appreciate the folks that have stopped by to see us. We appreciate you as well as the viewer. And that's been this week's Weekly Report.